Okay, oh. so we're going to start with, I'm going to have Jasmine, if you wouldn't mind reading the first part. Yes. We're in Philippians chapter 3. If you're following along, you can open your Bible to Philippians chapter 3. And right. Jasmine, if you could read the first two verses. You got it. Finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord. For me to write the same things to you is not tedious, but for you it is safe. Beware of dogs, beware of evil workers, beware of the mutilation. Okay. Mm. So he starts out by referencing all that's come before. Finally, like whatever's happened, mm. his command and call is rejoice in the Lord. Yep. You know, I, I think too, what we're talking about, and as we go through this first part of chapter three, is he's bringing it back to relationship with the Lord. Mm -hmm. You know, remember you have a relationship with, the, with Jesus. Mm. And I was thinking about whenever we take it away from relationship and we make the focus ourselves, mm -hmm. anytime we become self-focused, we yeah. lose the joy. Yeah. But when we make it about the Lord and we just begin to look at his attributes and we think about um, who being in the form of God and did not think it robbery to be equal with God, but mm -hmm. emptying himself and became a man and was obedient unto death. And therefore he has the name above every other name. And when you begin to think and contemplate about Jesus, your joy comes back. It's almost like we have a joy level. And when we think about Jesus, it's like, and when I think about me, especially when I think about the 60-year-old me, I mean, when you think that, you know, personally, I have less years left than I've lived. You know, unless I live to 120, which is not a pleasant thought. <laughs> but you throw know, it all into the Jesus basket. Yeah. <laughs> right. But, you know, when I think about me, um, you know, if ever there's a time just to give it all to Jesus, it's now. Yeah. And so Paul's saying, I want you to rejoice. And he's going to talk about, I think, joy robbers. Mm. And I would say that one of those joy robbers is legalism. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Or when the legalists move in and those people who make it about the outward. Mm -hmm. They make it about what you do or what you've done rather than about your relationship with Jesus Christ. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. I, yeah, I was thinking similar kind of thing because I think we, I, I do that when I think about rejoicing. I, I, I start to look at like, okay, well, what about my circumstances can I rejoice in here? Yeah. Like I've got to find something that I can, and it's like, no, 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 that's not, like you were saying, that's really not the point because then it's about me and about what I'm doing and what's going on around me as the litmus test instead of the fact that we can always rejoice in the Lord. And That's a constant you, we can always right. do. And don't you need to be reminded of that? Yeah. I mean, yeah. thank God there are people like Paul says, you know, it's, I'm not bothered that I have to remind you. I think it's yeah, really safe exactly. and in your best interest. Yeah. And I need to be reminded, like put your eyes on Jesus. Like every time I hear, turn your eyes upon Jesus. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's so convicting and it's like, yes, I need to do that. Yeah. Especially right now, the elections and the idea of like, oh, if this person wins, there's gonna be riots everywhere. If this person wins, it's gonna be, you know, this scenario. Mm -hmm. And like the what if scenarios are terrible mm -hmm. or even the inevitable scenarios are terrible. Mm -hmm. it, it just doesn't look like, a, it looks like a lose-lose situation. Yeah. And I'm thinking, Cheryl, get your eyes on Jesus. Just put your eyes on Jesus. And I need to, we need to remind other people, mm -hmm. put your eyes on Jesus. Yeah. Look to Jesus. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I was even thinking like, um, I had mentioned this, I think earlier when we did the Mark challenge and then like, I know Brian taught on uh, Psalm 90 a few weeks ago, but just the beginning of that Psalm where it says, you, are, you have been our dwelling place in all generations. And, and that sense of just being kept like the place I can be the safest and in just and most relaxed, most myself is in the Lord, yeah, and that having Him as that dwelling place, and that 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 does bring joy. It's like, oh, it's going to be okay. Mm -hmm. So yeah, yeah, exactly. And I just wrapping up what you guys have said too is just that what we rejoice in is mm -hmm. the Lord. That's the focus is the Lord that we're rejoicing and in. And I like the word beware. I I think it's a really good caution. Like yeah, if somebody is getting you. Um, to think about yourself and mm -hmm. well, what are you doing for Jesus? Mm -hmm. You know, or it, it, to be cognizant of your works or cognizant of your heritage or cognizant of anything. Yeah. You know, beware, mm -hmm. beware that person. You know, there's some people that you hang out with and you leave and you're just so happy. You're just so rejoicing. And there's other people that you leave and you're like, oh my goodness, Great. I need to get Botox or I, you know, I need to change my hairstyle or I need to be more fashionable or my house is like a rack. I need to 
you know, and we get like this, and I think, I want to be one of those people that when you leave my presence, mm -hmm. you're like, wow, Jesus is so big. Jesus mm -hmm. is so good. Jesus is so, mm -hmm. I'm not saying that uh, we don't have time for that. It's the way we preface those yeah, things, yeah. you know? I mean, you talk to Jill and you're like, your backyard's so beautiful. It was all God. It was all God. You know, it's like so cute. Because she's like, yeah. don't look at me. It's Jesus. And he helped me and he gave me that. Yeah. And that's what I mean. That's the difference, you know. Or even like know? Linda. We were so like trying to bless her for all the ways she's blessed us over the years. And every compliment that we gave her, she just like under her breath kept just saying, praise you, Jesus. Praise you, yes. Jesus. She just kept putting that's it back true. to Jesus. That's true. That. So you know, that kind of going with what you're saying there, I think like legalism is always a temptation because the human tendency is to focus on externals. It's mm -hmm. like we can't help it, we're trapped in these bodies and so external things just are always there in our face and so it's really easy to start, like you were saying, measuring by those things and somebody saying, you know. What if you made a friendship about everything you do for that friend? Yeah. And you would begin mm -hmm. to resent that friend after a while. <laughs> like, oh, I always give her the big present, you know, and I always have to pay for her coffee. You know, you would begin to resent yeah. all that you Good do. Point. And that happens a lot when we make our relationship all about what we do for God. Yeah. And we forget yeah. that it's a relationship. And a relationship is always surprising. Mm. And it's like, you know, if I made my marriage all about what I did for Brian, like, mm -hmm. well, I made you dinner, I washed your clothes, I folded them, put them yeah. in the drawers because you left them on top of the dresser. If I did, yeah. <laughs> which actually happened, but <laughs> if I made it all about that, uh -huh. mm. it would become such drudgery. Yeah. Instead, it's about what we talked about. Mm -hmm. It's about taking walks together. It's about loving. It's about hearing about his day. It's about, it's about uh, there's yeah. so much fun in my relationship mm -hmm. with Brian, mm -hmm. there's so much joy, and that's how it's supposed to be. It's all about relationship. Yeah. Bringing it back to relationship so good. with the Lord. Amen. And so what are some precautions or some um, things that we can put into place to keep from these Roy, joy robbers? I put number one, realize that they, uh, she's on B, 3B. Yeah. Realize, no, I was, yeah, sorry, I was just. Realize <laughs> that they exist. Okay, realize good. that they exist. So mm. first of all, realize that they're there. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the beware, because sometimes we think, oh no, that won't happen to me, or I don't have to realize that's that they're good. there. Mm -hmm. And then I put, secondly, know what you believe. Me too. Oh, good. Mm -hmm. And then three, wow. center myself in and on Jesus. Always recenter myself. Mm -hmm. It's like kind of like, I think about the raft, like um, boogie boarding or surfing when you're out in the water how if you don't keep an eye on where your beach chair is, you yeah. can end up you drift right uh -huh. so far and get out of the water and go, where did all my people go? <laughs> you know, yeah. where are my things? They've been stolen. That's good. Mm -hmm. no, that's good. Uh, no, I'm just, I, I, I like the, I like that approach a little better than what I did because I was thinking, well, I was just thinking about the kinds of like people yours. or the kinds of like comments and things to avoid, but I mean, that's okay. fine too. But I think it's more about focusing on where you're at, like you were saying, like staying dialed in, although it's good to be mindful. If anybody ever says this is the way, you know, and it's about a non, an unbiblical thing or a non-essential, then you know, mm -hmm. like, okay, anybody, time anybody says this is the way. But Unless yeah. they're watching The Mandalorian, and that's okay. That's for anybody who's a Star Wars person. You know what this is the way means. But, but isn't it like we can so easily be pulled off center? Yes. I yeah. mean, because of the things, like you said, that are going around, because of the election, mm -hmm. we, can, we're, we can say, well, I'm, I just want, you know, Jesus and whatever his will is. And then somebody goes, but... Yeah. If this person and this wins, is, and you're like, oh. Or yeah. this is what you have to do to right. do And that. it feels so essential. It's right. like, oh, this is what, you know what I mean? And yeah. it's like, wait a minute. Well, and I'm sure we've all heard this before, but they say that those that learn how to uh, recognize a counterfeit bill, they don't study the counterfeit. Yeah, exactly. Okay, I just heard that's not true. Really? Yep. They keep a picture of a counterfeit bill in front of them so they can know the nuances. Mm -hmm. And because they're making counterfeits out of cotton now, they're doing the same fabric. Where it yeah. feels the same? Yep. Okay, maybe that was so, a good analogy a while ago, store. though. It's okay. It used yeah. to be a good one. <laughs> but, but anyway, I think, though, honestly, study Jesus, but also know that they're out there. Mm -hmm. So know that there's counterfeits out there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so that you're more, I think if you know, like, hey, somebody's mm -hmm. going to try to slip counterfeits in, you'll be a little more aware, like, 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, when you were feeling and when we're like, I'm sorry, it's mm-hmm. just that in my Bible class, I learned. You learned that. Okay, yeah. well, now we know. Yeah. But for Don't us as believers, yeah. this yeah. doesn't break down that we need to know the truth because the Bible says the truth sets us free. Mm-hmm. So if we know God's word and we know his truth, we won't be deceived. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And these were new believers too. And if you think of it at that time too, yeah. it was mostly a Gentile church. It was the first church, right? That was outside of Israel. And mm-hmm. so circumcision wasn't even something that they, really had ever had to deal with before. So this was like these new little insidious things coming in to deceive. You've got to remember too that these, these, um, it's believed that Galatians was actually the first letter that Paul wrote. Mm -hmm. And so to the Galatian Mm -hmm. church, he's saying, look, they've already come in. They've, Mm -hmm. they've um, Mm -hmm. brought in um, this. And again, they brought in this legalism. Mm -hmm. And Paul says, you know, when you receive the Spirit, did you receive it by the works of the flesh? I mean, did right. you climb a high mountain? Did you do this? Or by, or by the Spirit? Mm-hmm. And, you know, what happened to all that joy that you used to have? Mm-hmm. And, you know, by the works and by making it about you, you've become estranged from Christ. Mm-hmm. So we have to always make it about um, Jesus, yep. yeah. like you said, cool make it about the truth. Yes. Hey, that's what I had as my final takeaway. Me that's too. good. Yeah, just yeah, that it's and that's like why he keeps repeating it because you have to keep cultivating yes. it. You can't yeah. just have like perma joy. Like, okay, I had joy that one time. It's going to carry over. Mm-hmm. You need to keep Or like I have this plant it. in my um, yard that uh, was a basil plant, and I don't even really know how it started. It just started with this one little piece of basil that I put in there, and then it took off, but then I stopped cultivating it. I stopped paying attention to it, mm. and I stopped watering it, and now it's all shriveled up. Whoops. I know. It <laughs> has to be continually cultivated. That happens so fast to basil. I know. Okay, let's move on to day two, verse three, and I'll go ahead and read verse three. For we are the circumcision who worship God in the spirit, rejoice in Christ Jesus, and have no confidence in the flesh. I like this first question, too, about the perspective of the supremacy of our spiritual identity through faith in Christ. So what are some of these elements of our spiritual identity? You know, I put John 4, 23 and 24. I was just thinking when Jesus spoke to the woman at the well, he said, Mm. she's looking for like something physical, like are we supposed to worship in Jerusalem or on this mountain? She's Mm -hmm. looking for ritual. She's looking for placement. Like almost like which church is the holiest church? And the Lord speaks to her and he says, you know, the time is coming and now is when the true worshipers will worship God in in spirit for God is seeking, spirit and truth, Mm -hmm. for God is seeking those who will worship him this way. Mm. And I was thinking about that, that the true covenant partners with God worship God by the spirit, not by the works of the flesh. Mm -hmm. It's all about the heart. Again, we're going back to relationship. Yeah, and Romans 2.29 just says it right out. It says Mm -hmm. circumcision is that of the heart in the Mm -hmm. spirit. This is what it is. (laughs) Even in Deuteronomy, it talks about God wanting us to have that circumcision of our heart and not be stiff-necked. How we have to circumcise our hearts and cut away the flesh. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's good. And of course, rejoice in Christ Jesus. And again, this is our place of joy. Jesus Mm -hmm. is our place of joy. David calls um, God, he says, my exceeding joy. God, my Elohim, Mm -hmm. my exceeding joy. And I had somebody ask on the radio the other day, you know, like, Cheryl, my circumstances are so dark and bleak. How can I rejoice in the Lord always? Mm -hmm. And I said, the key is in the Lord. Mm -hmm. It's that prepositional phrase, in the Lord. Because we can't find joy many times in the circumstances, but we can always find joy in this. Jesus Mm -hmm. became... Uh, man, mm-hmm. that he might die on a cross, that he might restore us to relationship with the Lord, um, mm-hmm. and that he might bring us into all the goodness and all the promises of God. Mm-hmm. So today, God hears yeah. me. Today, God is listening. And someday, and I was just reading this this week. I was reading Tim Keller's book again on suffering, which is like mm-hmm. so good. But he said that the Bible not only promises that there will be recompense, like that bad guys will get theirs. You know, we watch the cowboy movies because we want to see the bad guys mm-hmm. get their own, the bank robbers, you know, get their mm-hmm. own. But he said it's not only that, but it's the promise that everything that's been lost in this life will be restored. Mm-hmm. Have you lost a loved one? You get them back. 
you know, in God's plans, in the new heaven, the new earth, everything is restored. Everything that was lost is not only found, but it's perfected and given to you mm. better. Mm-hmm. You know, everything is better. Mm-hmm. And I thought That's the good. full restoration, we can always rejoice mm. in the Lord. We can yeah. rejoice in his plans. We can rejoice that this is working for us a far greater weight of glory. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, we can rejoice that Jesus is so wonderful, so good. Mm-hmm. That was actually, that was actually the I think the big word, like you were saying, the preposition there, um, that was the word that I just kept seeing over and over was in. Mm-hmm. I mean, in, 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 it's, it's here throughout this entire section that you're, you're either in Christ, in the spirit, or in the flesh. You know, you're, you're one or the other. And just that thought of being like all in is when you're like fully enmeshed or committed. And so it's like, man, just being that, that enmeshed and, and committed to being in Christ and staying in that place, like I was saying before, the dwelling place. Right, and we're gonna so. get to that the next day too, being found in him. Yes. And it made me think of yeah. Colossians chapter two where it says we're complete in him. And that part talks about the circumcisions that is not made with hands, mm-hmm. um, but it's that circumcision of Christ, it says. We're buried in him in baptism mm-hmm. and by his faith that he is working in us and raised him from the dead. So even though we were dead once in our trespasses and sins, he's made us alive in Christ. Mm. So it's that internal spiritual work. It is. Yeah. And so have no confidence in the flesh. I put our security is not in circumcision or like a tattoo or a placard mm-hmm. or anything we have done. It's not in our mm. heritage, but our confidence is in Jesus and what he has done. And what security mm-hmm. is that? Mm-hmm. that it's all about Jesus. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking, you know, circumcision today, the modern thing would be like a tattoo. Like our whole church has tattoos that say CCCM. Mm-hmm. We don't. Yeah. But like <laughs> to have something like that, like, well, see? Right. You know, I'm this in. With. Right. This is like, so I'm in because I was, right. you know, tatted. And that, that, doesn't, that doesn't change. Mm-hmm. I know people that have very religious tattoos mm-hmm. and are so irreligious. It's crazy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the outward does nothing, mm-hmm. you know? Well, and we puff ourselves up if we start to go that direction where we're, we're trying to earn our salvation without even realizing it. And that's why mm-hmm. it's so important to just continually be back in here reevaluating because even just like the little thing, like you think that you're humble and then you get prideful about being humble. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just that snowball circle. I was writing too, like we'll, we'll fail too on the other side and then we become discouraged in our faith at our unmet expectations. We even have expectations in ourselves that we wanna Mm. be good Christians. And we have to let those expectations go as well and have all of it be wrapped up in him. I've got a a quote. So years ago when we lived in England, um, I was telling Angie earlier that the Lord had me in the book of Philippians and didn't let me get out. And I mean, two months. And so finally I'm like, Lord, if I have to stay in Philippians, I'm going to read every commentary I can. <laughs> and I grabbed a commentary by H.A. Ironside out of the, um, this is kind of a funny story. I grabbed it out of Brian's bookshelf. My mother for years had been claiming that Brian was stealing her commentaries. And I was like, no, he would never do that. You know, mom, come on. And Brian's like looking all innocent. And I'm in England, so we've you know moved over Brian's library, and I pull out a commentary on Ironside, and inside it has Diana Brocate, her name. She owns the Ironside oh, book, gosh. and I knew that my mom must have borrowed it, put it in her library, and Brian stole it. And I was like, <laughs> he did steal. But anyway, <laughs> this quote blessed me so much because it was about this very scripture. And it's going to talk about how we are never safe with our flesh. Mm-hmm. And that's why we always have to constantly beware mm. of our flesh because we tend to think like, I'm a better person now. It's all gone. I don't have to mm-hmm. worry anymore. Right. And this totally. is what he says. Lastly, he adds, we have no confidence in the flesh. The flesh of the believer is no more to be trusted than the flesh of the vilest sinner. Regeneration is not a changing of flesh into spirit. Nor is that sanctification in which we stand before God a gradual process of such a change or changing the flesh into spirit. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. The fleshly nature is never improved, and the new nature received in new birth does not require improvement. The carnal mind is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be, and the spiritual mind is the mind of Christ." 
It is as we walk in the spirit that we are delivered from the desires of the flesh. But even after years of godly living, the flesh itself is not one whit better than it was at the very beginning of our Christian life. Mm. Therefore, we never should trust it. Mm. Knowing that, however blessed the work of God is in our souls, in our flesh dwelleth no good thing. And I just thought, that is so great. I'm never safe with Cheryl. Yeah, you know, never, I just yeah, Cheryl has to always be trusting in Jesus mm-hmm. because she can be, she can still be a character, mm-hmm. kind of a dangerous character. And then to me, that's freedom. We have freedom yes. because yeah. it's not about us, and it's not caught up in us, and it's not. We mm-hmm. don't have to be our own saviors. We that's have right. a savior, and we need a savior. Amen. And my takeaway was going back to, like you said, the ends. I was so yeah. like, either yep. Jesus is my in, and my all or I am trusting something or some someone else and I put the true Mm. people of God make it all about Jesus I dare Mm. not trust the sweetest frame but wholly trust in Jesus name Mm. and I was thinking modern circumcision so I was thinking about what's modern circumcision and I was like I knew Chuck Smith sorry I went to the tent Mm -hmm. I mean more people you know they're like oh I went to the tent you're like that didn't save you you know, mm-hmm. believe me, there's a lot of people that went to the tent. Or I went forward at a Billy Graham crusade. Or I got baptized. Or I got I baptized at Corona Del Mar, especially. Yeah. That really is special. Mm-hmm. Or I, um, or maybe the Jordan. Mm-hmm. I go to such and such a church. Mm-hmm. Or I used to go to such and such a church. I mean, I can't even tell you all the um, backslidden people mm-hmm. I have met that are trusting in something in the past as keeping them in when it has to be that ongoing, like we're talking about Mm -hmm. communication, relationship, Mm -hmm. constantly abiding in Christ. Mm -hmm. So that's what I put. Mm -hmm. So good. Yeah. Okay, let's move on to the next day. Day three, verses four through seven. Cheryl, would you mind reading those verses? Okay, I was gonna tell you that, again, this is the CSB, so it's gonna sound a little different. (laughs) Although I have reasons for confidence in the flesh, if anyone else thinks he has grounds for confidence in the flesh, I have more. (laughs) Circumcised the eighth day of the nation of Israel of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew born of Hebrews regarding the law, Pharisee, regarding zeal, persecuting the church, regarding the righteousness that is in the law, blameless. But everything that was a gain to me, I have considered to be a loss because of Christ. Mm-hmm. And this just goes straight into what we were talking about on the last day, all right. of that, no confidence in the flesh. But here he's saying, what are all of his things that give him confidence in the flesh? Did you wanna highlight any of those? Well, the eighth day mm-hmm. is prescribed by the Mosaic Law. Sometimes if it fell on a Sabbath, they would, you know, it would be the ninth day and those people okay. would always feel less than. But he says, my parents were so strict with the Mosaic law. It's like he's saying, not only was I circumcised, I did it exactly the right way at the right time. Mm -hmm. And my parents were also observant. Mm -hmm. And then uh, he could trace his ancestry. There were quite a few Jews after the Babylonian exile that came back that could not trace their ancestry. Ah, But he, the fact that he can trace it Mm -hmm. back to the tribe of Benjamin, Mm That is, he knows his identity because mm-hmm. there are a lot of Jews at that time in Israel, in Jerusalem, who could not trace their ancestry. Mm-hmm. And he could. That's a biggie, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Uh, and then Hebrew of a Hebrews, a uh, Pharisee, which is the most elite right. group of Pharisees, I mean, scrupulously keeping mm-hmm. the law. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, how would these qualifications empower him to speak with authority? Well, I, th- I think they are like those are powerful credentials to you know give him like a voice. But I was just thinking, what really gave weight to everything he said now as a as a Christian was the total transformation. He was the last person you would expect to get saved, and so to me, that's where the real power and weight of his words is: is that I was this, I was the last person who would ever acknowledge Jesus Christ, and yet here I am, you know. Throwing it's, it all out to be a disciple. I think that that's weight. great, except for you've got to remember that a lot of Pharisees got saved. And yeah. it was the Pharisees that were claiming to be saved that went to Galatia and went to Antioch right, right, right. and brought the legalism. Right. So he's the expert in the law, raised in the law, mm-hmm. but he's taking these other ones to task. 
but mm -hmm. I, I see also that he's saying, I went as high and as far as the law could take me, and you know where it left me? Yeah. Persecuting the, the ones who believed in the Son of mm -hmm. God. When you follow the law to the end, yeah. you will end up persecuting people who love Jesus. Yeah. And I was thinking about there's all these mm. parachurch organizations that say, oh, you know, um, we're watching the church, and this person said yeah, this, yeah. and that person did that. And what did they end up doing? They end up persecuting the church. You become legalistic. You yeah. put yourself outside the church. What is it James said? You who judge one another, aren't you not judging the law? Mm -hmm. Haven't you become judges? And that's what you do is you put yourself above everybody else. Mm -hmm. And this is where it will lead you to um, nitpicking the church. Well, I saw this person doing that and I saw that person doing that. Mm -hmm. And it leads you to this incredible pride. So the law, the furthest, the highest it can carry you, is to persecuting the church. Mm. That's the end of the law. Mm. And that's what we see with these other Pharisees that were claiming um, that they knew Jesus. Mm. Where had it left them? Mm -hmm. Persecuting the Galatians. Yeah. Persecuting mm -hmm. believers in Jesus who were trusting by faith. Mm -hmm. yeah. You know, yeah, judging them. This was a complete change of identity for Paul. Yeah. yeah. Just yes. complete from having his, he had every reason and every right to have confidence in all of his achievements, all of his pedigree, and yet he chose to utterly deny those things and only have confidence in Christ. And that's the transformation that you were talking about because mm -hmm. the yes. others hadn't considered it dung. Yeah. yeah. And Paul's the only one that we know of who's a Pharisee Right. Who, this is the transformation. Yeah. yeah. To say it's absolute loss. They were still trusting in it. Mm -hmm. These other ones were saying like, well, we love Jesus, but they're still trusting in mm -hmm. the law. Yeah. And so yeah. he's taking away the value that they've placed on it and he's putting it down and calling it loss. Yeah. No, I was thinking about the word you just said, identity, because that's mm -hmm. what I was really struck by here, because we do find so much identity in like the roles we play, or yeah. I know like men especially find identity in what they do, you know, and the, or just but women like we find identity in who we know or how we are known. All of those things we find identity, and so it's. Yeah. And I was kind of thinking like it's really easier said than done to count it all loss. Oh, I just count it all loss. But I mean, really, for Paul to be able to say this, mm -hmm. that's a very powerful statement because he had invested everything mm -hmm. in that identity as a Hebrew of the Hebrews and a Pharisee of the Pharisees and all of those things. And to be able to really say that identity is meaningless is like, wow, that's, yeah. you know. And he's calling out his crowd. Mm -hmm. You know, the people that he used to identify with, he's yeah. calling them out. Mm -hmm. And he's calling them mutilators. And he's, you know, calling them, you know, um, the fake circumcision. Oh, and he like totally busts their chops too because he's using terms like he says dogs about yes. them. And yeah. that's what would be a term for the Gentiles normally. Yeah. Or even talking about worshiping. Because you know, that when was... he says dogs, he's saying they're outside the covenant. Mm -hmm. They think they're so in yeah. and they're so out. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, that was a really, yeah. I mean, he was really just like hitting them hard with that. Yeah. yeah. So. Good. Any other takeaways before we move on? Um, I just think that there's a cost for everybody. Yeah. You know, I, I thought like you count it loss. Mm -hmm. And I was reading, um, I, re I know we've talked about this, but Rosario Butterfield's book, mm -hmm. um, what is it, An Unlikely Convert? Mm -hmm. And in it, she talked about how she knew that when she came to Christ, it was going to be the end of right. her um, lesbian relationship, the end of her um, identity mm -hmm. at the college. Mm -hmm. And she was thinking, Lord, who else has had to give up so much to serve you? Like she was saying this praying even before she received Jesus. She's like, but it's so expensive. You know, who else has got this cost? And she was actually getting mad. And she went to church and she just like everyone she would talk to, because she's going to church at this time, she'd be like, what did you give up? Yeah. What did it cost Expecting you? Expecting them not to have cost anything. Right. Yeah. And every person had a cost. And, you know, today I was reading um, where Jesus said, um, you know, deny yourself, take up your cross and follow me. And Jesus is saying there will be a cost. Christianity is costly. Yeah. It will cost you reputation. I think one of the things too is like um, in the atmosphere we live in, we, we need to get bolder in saying, I identify with Jesus. Mm -hmm. Whatever you think, I, I'm going to identify with Jesus. This is, this is my all. Mm -hmm. And you know, Paul's going into it, like, like we said before, among his peers, these people that it used to be important how he looked and how he measured up with his peers. And he's going and he's saying, you know what? 
it doesn't matter anymore. I'm going to fully, I want to identify with Jesus, which we're going to get into as much as possible. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, let's move on to day four then. Jasmine, do you mind reading verse eight? Yes. Yet indeed, I also count all things lost for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish that I may gain Christ. Mm -hmm. All right, let's talk about Paul's mindset. All things, the knowledge of Christ and his loss. You know, it's interesting how much the phrase all things is used by Paul. Mm -hmm. You know, all things work together. Um, Him all things consist. Yes. Mm -hmm. So he uses this all things. And Mm -hmm. I mean, it's so all encompassing. Mm -hmm. He looks back at everything in the past and he says, it's worthless now. In yeah. fact, my Bible translates it with the actual word dung. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's like excrement. Yeah. Table scraps. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's what Reddish. you throw away and, mm-hmm. and you mm-hmm. put out in the trash and you want it. Like, I love Thursdays because that's when the garbage man comes and he takes away all the garbage and you feel like we've got a clean slate. And then I see yeah. something in the trash can. I'm like, no. Mm-hmm. Um, but I love the clean slate. Mm-hmm. I love yeah. all that yuck and all that that smelled on the side of the yard taken away. And because of that, it was it was a no-brainer and yeah. for him. Like, well, why would I want to hold on to all that gross? Like you're saying, it's like, oh, what a relief to get rid of all that junk, you know. But so for mm. Paul, it's like this is a no-brainer that I'm gaining Christ instead. This is, mm. you know, and and that that hit me. I was like, is it a no-brainer for me? Know. You know, not to want to like. Hold yeah. on to a few of those little things. It's like, man, I, mm-hmm. I love that. Just how stark it was for him. And that gets to two A, right? Yeah, that gets right into two with our personal perspective. So, yeah. Like, what are like some of the all things like in my life mm. that's you know? And I personally, I don't want to live in the past or the past mm-hmm. achievements. Mm-hmm. I want to always mm-hmm. be pressing forward. And you know, saying, you know, what can a sixty-year-old grandma do? You know, <laughs> what can I do today? You know, yeah. um, how can I, how can I like identify with Jesus today? Yeah. You know, and so I, I don't want to rest on the laurels and I don't want to rest on, on, you know, any of the achievements or even, you know, um, the all things, mm-hmm. you know, a loss. And I have to say this just real quickly is that I see a lot of people like putting their, um, stock and their identity in Chuck Smith. Like I knew Chuck or I served with Chuck Smith. And there are times like you don't know him because he wouldn't act like that. And there are times I wanted to write a book like living with the real Chuck Smith. You know, it would be a nice book um, because I loved my dad. But the Lord has said to me, don't do that. Mm. Don't you make him an idol in Mm. your life. Yeah. Yeah. Because there's this idolizing of my father. And in this idolizing, they have made my dad into whatever they want him to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, even putting words in his mouth. You know, if they're um, complementarian, they make my dad fully complementarian, where my dad was more egalitarian than complementarian. Mm-hmm. But they'll do whatever they want my father to be. That Whatever they are, that's what they make my father. Mm-hmm. My father's not here. To, he's in heaven to say, that wasn't me. Yeah. And so couple times I've wanted to say, no, this is, this is what he was at home. This is the true person. And the Lord has said, don't do that because that will only idolize him to others. Mm-hmm. And I want to be first and foremost. It's not, you know, we don't wear bracelets like, you know, what would Chuck do? Our bracelets are, you know, mm-hmm. how can I serve Jesus more? Mm-hmm. And, you know, I have purposely not rested in my heritage of being Mm -hmm. Chuck Smith's daughter. I purposely put that behind me. I've purposely Mm -hmm. not talked about it in order for people to have their eyes on Jesus Christ and not Mm -hmm. on someone who's running around with Mm -hmm. David doing slingshots in heaven. Mm-hmm. Well, and that was what I took from this day too, is just, it's that perspective. Like we have talked about in weeks past about putting on the mind of Christ. And it's that same thing about not that all those things are worthless because all of those pedigree of Paul were valuable things like he had invested in knowing God's word, but in comparison to having that personal relationship with Jesus and that intimacy with the Lord, that mm-hmm. is what was valued. Right. And so it's a change of mindset and a change of perspective mm-hmm. that um, drives our decisions, really. Yeah. 
And I also put that the, the momentum of the Christian life is always forward, never yes. backwards. Mm -hmm. Like an air, I was just thinking about that though, like yeah. an airplane. An airplane can't just sit still in the sky or it's going to drop out. It has to be always moving forward. But, and that's the same with mm -hmm. us. And we meet so many people that are still living in the past, mm -hmm. that their glory is in the past mm -hmm. and our glory is in Jesus. Mm -hmm. And yeah. that's moving forward. Knowledge of Christ. Yeah. I was mm -hmm. thinking about that too. And the word the word, it's interesting because the word used there uh, for knowledge is gnosis. And, yes. and right around that yeah. time, there was a movement called Gnosticism that started to come in, this heresy that really was very insidious in the church. And it was about like people saying that they had special gnosis and special knowledge that the rest of the believers didn't have. And so yeah. I love that Paul, you know, even before... Gnosticism really blew up, he's here just nipping that in the bud. Like, no, it's the gnosis of Christ. That's it. Only knowing Jesus, not some other special revelations that you've had about all these little, you know, deep theologies and mm. things like that. It's, it's Christ alone that is worth knowing. And then, you know, taking that, experiencing it in real life. And that's why I've always loved Hudson Taylor's because he took the knowledge of Christ and applied it, like, you know, took God at his word and said, well, this is who God is. I'm going to walk in that completely, That's applying so the knowledge. Yeah, and then how does that change how we live and what yeah. we do? It changes the way we love others when we're walking and living, like we're mm. seeing who Jesus is and we want to be like him and know him. Mm. It affects the way we treat others. You yeah. know, um, I was talking to my son and we were talking about, it was because of a conversation I had with Michelle Taylor on Sunday. And she was talking about, as a child, so many externals were put on her, like, love Jesus mm. and, you know, the Ten Commandments. Mm. And she was Ooh. saying that there wasn't a basis mm. laid. You know, I'm not faulting anyone, neither was she, but she's like, you know, kind of by the church. Mm. And I was thinking, sometimes, like, we expect these things of children or even of our children mm -hmm. um, because our motivation for not sinning is because we know Jesus mm -hmm. and because the Holy Spirit lives in us. And we've learned and come to love him so much mm -hmm. that we want to please him mm -hmm. and we want to bless him. But if you don't know him, Mm -hmm. Why would you want to bless him? If you don't know him, why yeah. would you want to please him? If you don't know him. And I thought, we were talking, my son and I, and I was saying, when I teach Sunday school, what I want to do is bring Jesus into the room and make him so alive to the children that they can't help but fall in love with mm -hmm. Jesus. And I want Jesus to be so alive and so apparent in my life that when people come in, they can't help but see Jesus and go, wow, he is mm -hmm. really wonderful. He's so he's so mm -hmm. um, cool and oh I love so that he's real. saying this and so real right mm -hmm. I always start mm -hmm. when I'm teaching Sunday school with this story about how Jesus said let the children come to me mm -hmm. don't ever keep them from me mm -hmm. for this is what the kingdom of God's all about it's all about slides and and you know having fun with Jesus it's all about just you know and, and I, I think the kids are probably climbing over Jesus you know and <laughs> the disciples are like Oh, that's got to be bugging them. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't. Mm -hmm. It wasn't. And mm -hmm. so I just think for us today to make Jesus so real, mm -hmm. to, yeah. like you're saying, to just bring him into the room. And like you were saying, just mm -hmm. it's about Jesus. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. And I, just my last thought on this too, because I was thinking about like, you know, about counting all things rubbish and all of that and how sometimes... Um, that can be that can become like a hard thing. Like, oh, how do, you know? What if I don't feel that way? I think it's okay. Personally, I feel like it's okay to pray, Lord, help me want to, Lord, right. give me the want to, like to yeah. to see yeah. things the way you do. And it's a work of the spirit. It isn't a work of the flesh to make ourselves feel but that it's way. It's when Jesus is go. in the room. Yeah, you don't want anything but yes, Jesus. Exactly. It's like if um, oh, sorry guys, but if Brad Pitt walked in the room, we would just be staring at Brad Pitt. <laughs> And we wouldn't be aware of anybody else or anything else but Brad Pitt. It would be like, Brad Pitt came to Calvary Chapel. You know, Brad Pitt. And, you know, and I'm, I'm not even a fan, but I'd, I'd be staring at him. And I think that's like when Jesus is in the room, yeah. yep. you, don't, yeah. you don't care. You're not like, oh, I need to go to the market or, you know, I've got, mm -hmm. you don't care about any of those things. And when we bring Jesus into the present and into our life, yeah. those things just fade away. Yep. But to try to make things done, yeah, to make it a loss it to be, yeah. before Jesus <laughs> right. is in the room, it's like um, you don't get rid of your old furniture until your new furniture arrives. 
know, yeah. when your new furniture arrives, you're like, that thing looks so awful. Mm -hmm. You know, that that is so out of style. Perspective. Yes. He opens your eyes yeah. to That's right. the fact that it's and, rubbish. And if you try to make it loss without Jesus, then it becomes yeah. a work, doesn't yep. it? Mm -hmm. And we're back to where we yep, shouldn't square be. One. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Let's move on to day five and Oops. read verse nine. Cheryl, do you mind reading that? No. And be found <laughs> in him, not having a righteousness of my own for the law, but one that is through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God based on faith. Mm -hmm. This whole thing ties all together. Yes. yes. So here we are with this mindset, be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is from the law, but faith in Christ, righteousness, which is in God by faith. Mm. Any thoughts on these things? Um, the main thing that I got on this is uh, just, again, the faith in Christ and righteousness, which is from God by faith. And conveniently, mm -hmm. I just started my next uh, grad school class on the Reformation era. And I've studied that, obviously, for teaching church history, but I'm just, every time I look at Martin Luther and look at the Reformation in that time period, I'm just struck again by what power there is in justification by faith in Christ alone. And I mean, that it was so transformative like right now because it's the I'm in like the first week of the you know the first module or whatever we're, we're looking at the the time before Luther came on the scene in medieval society and how uh, bound they were to works in such bondage mm -hmm. you know in buying indulgences and um, they had these things called works of mercy that you could do and then trade in for the priest to pray for you so you would have less time in purgatory everything wow. was so bound plus um, in works and plus they had the um the more suffering you went through, the yep. more, um, well, it's kind of like the penitence, but yeah, they believe yeah. that the greater your suffering, um, the more you were pleasing God. Yeah, so, the closer you could yeah, get, Maria, the less Guillaume putting the rocks in her shoes, so every step was right. painful. So they would bring, they would bring self-flatulation and all this pain on themselves, mm -hmm. thinking that God liked that, you yeah, know? Yeah, exactly. And so, like, when you think about what they were under, it just shows how transformative it is when faith comes into the picture because when Luther and some of the other people before him like Wycliffe and Huss and stuff, but when they started bringing that in, it literally transformed all of Western civilization. Yeah. I mean, that's really what happened there and the freedom that came out of that. I don't know, it just struck me again, like just how freeing it is when we are living by faith, relying on God and what he's done and just releasing it. It's like, wow. So I mean, it was, it's just, yeah, how liberating that really is. Yeah, and I put like to be found in him, to be in Christ, and I put about the security, again, like we're talking yeah. about, because if it's not justification by faith, then there's no security. Totally, you're always, am I saved? I don't know. Right, but <laughs> all of a sudden we have this secure base and he's the reason for righteousness. Mm. And I put, I want to be so in Christ that anyone looking for me has to go through Jesus. <laughs> so good. That was the one that I liked the best too. And mm. I was just thinking being found in him is in. a true yeah. foundation. And it made me think of Moses when he wanted to see God's glory. God said, let me tuck you into this place. And so he tucked oh, him into good. the rock. And that's like where I want to be too, tucked into that rock. And that's like you said, being found in him. Like if mm. you want to find me, that's where I am, protected in that place. And that's that place of being seen and known by God and found in him. Okay, so I was reading Ezekiel mm. today. And it was I was thinking about, you know, the Ezekiel is talking about the judgment that's going to come on Jerusalem. Mm -hmm. And he's telling the Israelites who are in um, Babylon, you know, no, Jerusalem is not going to stand. You're not mm -hmm. returning, you know, next week. This is a long haul. Yeah. And, but in this chapter that I was reading, chapters 9 and 10, it's that the glory, the glory left. So at one point, the glory of Israel was the presence of God when they were covered, when they were doing the sacrifices, when they were walking with God. Mm -hmm. But then God's glory left as a mercy to them, mm -hmm. as a mercy to them. And now he says his holiness comes back to the temple and everyone dies because it's God with his host. And I was thinking about how in our own righteousness, in the presence of God, we are destroyed. Mm -hmm. But when we are in the righteousness of Christ, God becomes our friend, our father, our advocate, our joy. Mm -hmm. But when we're not in Christ, God's holiness, God's goodness is our destruction. Mm -hmm. And I just thought about, again, being in that cleft yeah. and being found in Christ. Mm -hmm. Because if we're not in Christ, we're not safe. Mm -hmm. And there is no security. Mm -hmm. 
True. It's good. It's, yeah. It's great. Any takeaways from that day? That was it. I mean, yeah. Um, I put the law network and constant self-scrutiny, criticism, and striving for betterment. It was constantly self-focused. I mean, that's what the law is, right? Mm -hmm. Faith makes us God-focused. It is all about who he is and what he has done and getting closer to him. And we are able to enjoy again, rejoice Jesus and therefore enjoy life. Mm -hmm. And so um, mm -hmm. that was it. Yeah, and my takeaway was just that this is the great exchange from having this legalistic relationship to a living relationship, mm -hmm. and that's a great exchange. Mm -hmm. Yeah, again, God now becomes safe and wonderful, mm -hmm. not someone that I'm always trying to, you know, perform, perform yeah. for. I'm not right. performing. I'm myself, and he accepts me, and Jesus is working in me, mm -hmm. you know? Which reminds me of um, Galatians 5, where it talks about it's for freedom that we've been set free. Mm. We've been mm -hmm. set free mm -hmm. from our sin and from our flesh for freedom. So that we can just walk yeah. and enjoy God. Yeah, Absolutely. so good. All right, day six. Mm. Is it my turn to read yep. the last? I'm confusing so. myself by switching it up. Okay, <laughs> verses 10 through 11. That I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed to his death, if by any means I may attain to the resurrection from the dead. Mm. Okay, now this word is gnosko. Yes. Ah. Where the other one was... Gnosis. Gnosis. Yeah, gnosis. This is yeah. gnosko, and it means... Personally, mm -hmm. it means by experience. It means mm. to know by mm. experience, not just by a set of information, yes. but by experience. Mm -hmm. So we're back to um, Relationship. the know him. Yeah. It's a yeah. full experience. Mm -hmm. A full experience with God. Mm -hmm. Which is such yeah. a contrast to his upbringing. Like he yes. had all of the intellectual knowledge yes. of God. And yes. now he's changing that over to this is the experience experiential, that mm. now he knows him personally. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I know the most on this, all of this, the power and the fellowship, all yeah. of that stuff. But yeah, just, I, I, first, I like the power of his resurrection because it reminded me of Paul's prayer in Ephesians 1 when he's saying, you know, he's praying that their understanding would be enlightened so that they would know the hope of their calling and uh, the riches of the glory of his inheritance and the surpassing greatness of his power that raised Jesus from the dead. And we need kind of like what I was saying before, we need spiritual enlightenment. We need to say, Holy Spirit, enlighten my eyes so that I know what I actually have mm -hmm. <laughs> that's there. But, but so, okay, let's go to that available. for a second. Let's just dwell on that for a second because you're yeah. talking about the power of the Holy Spirit. What it does is it makes Jesus so real. Yeah. And I was thinking about how some people, they make the, the power of the Holy Spirit all about outward manifestations. Yeah, totally. Mm -hmm. And I, I believe it's at the end of 1 Corinthians. Paul says, you seek a sign of God being great for me, but I'm telling you, he is great in you. Mm -hmm. And I was thinking about the Holy Spirit wants to make Jesus so real mm -hmm. to our lives. Mm -hmm. He wants to come and bring Jesus and to immerse us in Christ mm -hmm. so that Jesus is every part of our life. That's, you know, the power of the resurrection is to feel the life of Christ in me, almost overwhelming me. and. Mm -hmm working in me what I wouldn't naturally do. Yeah. I, I, and I think we've all had times like this. I, I remember there was this lady, I was at Costco, and there was this lady, and um, I forgot that I didn't like her. And I was walking down the aisle, and here she comes. I'm like, hi, how are you doing? And she like looks at me, and she's like, hi. And then I realized, oh, I don't like her. I mean, she had done something to the church. At, and at the church, and yeah. I was aware of it, like, mad. oh my goodness, <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah, I'm not supposed to have this right. relationship with her, and anyway, she's like, hi, and I was like, hi, well, I had already started, God had done it Broke to me, yeah. so I just, like, okay, Lord, you're going to have to just, and he just kept loving Go on her, and I kept talking to her, and I was like, Lord, I don't want to talk to her, and these nice things just kept coming out of me, like, woo, and God's totally. like, yeah, don't let Cheryl show up right now, you know, so God's doing it, so I'm like, okay, whew, you know, it's over, and then we kept doing this on all the aisles, you know, like, like we kept serpentining and meeting again on the aisles. By the fourth aisle that we're meeting again, I think it was the crackers, <laughs> she was saying to me, I really miss the church. Mm. I miss the fellowship. Can I come back? And she's crying. And I'm like, absolutely. And then she's like, will you pray for me? And in the middle of Costco by the crackers, I've got my hands on her and I'm praying for her. And all I could think of was, Lord, thank you for overwhelming me. Yeah. Thank you because you wanted to do a yeah. work and 
that's when I felt the power of the resurrected Jesus mm-hmm. working mm-hmm. in me. Yes. And, and he wants that experience over and over again. I mean, sometimes we're so tired and we're like, Lord, I don't have any energy. And that's when like, uh, you know, I remember a time like that in England and we were going to church. I couldn't wait to get home. And these people from Idaho missed their plane and they're all at the church and they're hungry and they don't have any place to stay. So we send Char, who's like 15 at the time, to take him on the train to our house. And I'm throwing blankets mm-hmm. out. And I'm like, God, you know I don't have any energy right now. Mm-hmm. And I'm grating cheese and I'm making um, flour tortillas because we had no food but cheese. I'm making flour tortillas and I'm feeding everybody quesadillas. And I swear I did it by the power of Jesus Christ because mm-hmm. I was so tired. I was so undone. I taught Sunday school. I'd been at church all day in central London and I was just done. And I felt Mm. the power of the resurrected Christ come in and grate the cheese and make the tortillas and pull out the blankets and make the beds for all these people Mm -hmm. who I've only seen one of those people ever again in my life. Mm -hmm. And I was just thinking, that's the power, you Mm -hmm. know, of, I think we sing that song by the Gettys, that's the power of Christ mm-hmm. yeah. in yeah. us. Yeah. And it's for the everyday mundane things too. It's not yes. just for these great adventures, like when we plan things to do for Christ, but it's the everyday stuff where he wants to empower us. Exactly. And I think that's why those are good examples, like mm. just so that we realize it is a daily, because I totally know what you're saying about like, yeah. where you're like, why am I being so gracious and pleasant right now? I'm <laughs> supposed to be really irritated. Like 30 minutes ago, I was so mad. And yet here I am, like how in the world did that happen? So, and it, it really, those are, Plus, like you said, Angie, the mundane You were ways. dean of the girls down at the Bible college. Oh gosh. And if anything I, is yeah. draining. Yeah. Yeah, if any, yeah, if there was any time I needed the power of the spirit, that was just like, oh yeah, I mean, even to be interruptible, that mm-hmm. takes the power of the spirit. Like I am studying, I have so much to do and you're mad at your roommate again. Like we already <laughs> dealt with this. You know, it's, it's like, yeah, I, all of those things. So it's so true. This is where it our is. relationship with Christ comes into the practical things of our everyday lives. We need yeah. this. So does the confirmation to his death. Yes. That, that. comes into the practical uh, part of our lives too because being conformed to his death means doing what I don't want to mm-hmm. do. And, yeah. you know, I remember one time just like, uh, you know, oh, we can sorry. tend to leave it as this wonderful, ethereal thing like, I want to die to myself. And I've heard more people preach on uh, the life of the cross. And then like, just be like, I have reservations for lunch. What do you mean you can't find my name? Mm -hmm. You know, and like, what happened to the power of the cross? Uh Totally. Uh, And, you know, or this is my room. And it's somebody ate my room and I see crumbs on the floor. And you're like, what happened to the power of the cross? Mm. And I was thinking, it's about being, it's about, um, Dying to myself mm. constantly. It's like when Brian says something and, you know, I say, how, how do you like dinner? And he goes, hmm. It's like, what happened? <clears throat> yeah. Do you know how hard I worked on this? Yeah. It's about going, Brian, put down the phone. Look at me. How are you liking your food? Mm. I just need a little bit coming back at me right now. And he's like, do you know who I'm texting right now? Your daughter. I'm like, okay, text her and then tell me how delicious my food is. Just saying. But, you know, it's like that, like, man, not being so, that goes back to your book, unoffendable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You yeah. know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. We really hate the idea of dying. Not I only, I, I almost feel like it's almost like our society too, like, I don't know, I go way, I get all weird with the history stuff, but I was thinking about like the Middle Ages again. <laughs> and there's a medieval chant called, is that said in the midst of life we are in death and how they were, death was a normal thing for them. And it's funny how our culture, we are so afraid of death, we're gonna do everything we possibly can to practically embalm ourselves to stay alive in this life. And we can translate that even into our Christian walk, like. I'm not gonna die, no, I have, to, I have my rights, I have a voice and I need to be heard and all of that. And it's just so hard for us to, to grasp that concept of dying. But for Paul, this was a goal. Right. That was what really Crazy. struck me, like this was his aim. I yeah. wanna have fellowship in his sufferings. I wanna be conformed to death because in dying we live. Like it says, that's how you attain to the resurrection from the dead. Mm-hmm. You can't live if you don't die. You can't mm-hmm. have fully you know, resurrected life tap into the life and power of Christ 
you know, the power that raised Jesus from the dead if you don't die. Yeah, that's <laughs> shocking. We, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And he, go ahead. Well, I was just, sorry. I was even thinking too, just the fellowship of suffering too. And I think, you know, and I know he's talking about his suffering for the gospel and stuff, but I think anytime anyone is suffering and yielding to the Lord in it and giving that suffering to the Lord, that is also a place where he meets you and has fellowship. Yeah. And, and, and a lot of people know, at least from this church, because um, I was engaged to a guy who has chronic fatigue and, you know, walking through all of that with him and the suffering. And that was the one, the one of the biggest things that drew me to him was how real Jesus was to him because he suffered every single day and was always bringing the Lord into that place. And I remember people even saying like when they met him, like they just like, wow, that guy's really like wow. dialed in with the Lord. And so, and, and, and there is something to that. It's like, uh, sometimes, you know, we want to avoid, we're so dismissive of suffering and we want to avoid it at all costs. But um, I feel like sometimes that's how you see that someone's been with Jesus is because of suffering. But it's like, about, wow, they've been with Jesus. Think about the Greeks and the Jews mm. and Paul talking about what suffering meant to them. Mm. So he said the cross to the Jews is a stumbling block yeah. and to the Greeks it's an offense. Yeah. So the idea yeah. that somebody, that to bring purpose yeah. to suffering. And so the Stoics, the Romans taught that... Um, if you're suffering, it's your own fault because you became too attached to something. Mm-hmm. And uh, the way to get rid of it is to lose all attachment to everything, mm-hmm. to just mm-hmm. walk through rock. life being stoic, yeah. to just be unattached. Don't let your right. emotions, don't invest. And you see that Jesus invested mm-hmm. in us mm-hmm. to the point of the cross. And so Christianity is the opposite. It's like invest in people, even yeah. if you're going to get hurt. Yeah. Invest in, um, you know, invest your life in, in this thing, even though, and I, and I know we talk about physical suffering, and that is a big thing, right, but emotional suffering yes. about investing our lives in others, even though, you know, um, I've been hurt so much by women mm. and, and there is that thing like I want to draw back and I want to just protect myself and sure. only be friends okay. with those who are related to me by birth, you know, <laughs> or, you know, by marriage, by covenant. Mm. And that is so, so yeah. dangerous. And the mm. Lord is calling us invest, mm-hmm. invest, mm. you know, that's part of the, uh, yeah, no, no, where his Holy Spirit comes into yes. and takes over in those places that are hard too. Yeah. 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 Well, I always think that just reminds me of that verse again, where Paul says, the more abundantly I love you, the less I am loved. Mm-hmm. Like I'm going in eyes wide open. Like maybe I won't get the reciprocal, you know, right. affection back, but I'm going to go in anyway. Like that's, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, we're out of time. Did you guys have any last <gasps> no. little tidbits or wrap up thoughts before we close? I'll let you take it because mine is just being as close no, to it's Jesus the same possible. Thing. I don't want to keep talking about the Middle Ages anymore either. So, I mean, <laughs> that's like. Yeah, no, move just, on from the past, Jasmine. <laughs> that's the past. No, just, I guess, I guess just that is my, my biggest takeaway that that was, that was the goal for Paul. And it's just mm-hmm. like, wow, the goal is these things because it's the great paradox mm-hmm. that in dying we live, you know, in giving we receive all of those things and that's yeah. why I like the word uh, the phrase life objective mm-hmm. when I brought it down instead of goal I thought life objective mm. like what do I what do I hope to get out of life yeah. you know when I'm when life is done yeah what do I want out of it mm. and I thought I want to be like Jesus mm-hmm. I wanted to my brother Chuck said something to me the other day which blessed me so much he said I don't want to leave this earth having not loved every person that came into my midst. Wow, yeah. And he said, I want every person I meet or talk to to feel the love of God. That's so good. And when you're with him, you feel so loved. Mm. Like when he's, when we're talking and stuff, he always makes me feel like, he'll always say, oh, good thought, Cheryl. I'm like, really? That was a good one? (laughs) You know, because he's so brilliant, you know, like, but he's so um, complimentary uplifting uplifting and edifying and and so loving and I thought you know I used to be wanting to go out of this life being the most righteous person Mm -hmm. I don't want that anymore I want to go out being the most Jesus loving Mm -hmm. Loving. likeness of Jesus Mm -hmm. and even though he was so righteous he would sit down with sinners Mm -hmm. and they felt they felt like they could sit down and tell Jesus everything Mm -hmm. and sit at a table with him 
And I want to I wanna bring Jesus so alive and so real. Mm. And I pray. That's yeah. my life objective. Yeah. What's your life objective? So and then we'll just do life objectives and then we'll pray. I promise. I took over. That's it. I'm 60. Yeah. 60 year olds often take over. I Sorry. keep thinking of this song. It's just been playing in my head again and again all week. It's called Closer. And it's just take me a little closer. Mm. Take me a little deeper. I want to know you more. And I just mm-hmm. keep like, you know, worshiping the Lord through singing that song. And it's so encouraging. So Jasmine, yeah. do you mind just closing us in prayer? Yes. You can mention it. your life objective in the prayer. No, oh, well, yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> Lord, I pray for my life objectives. Yeah. Right, yeah. <laughs> Lord. We do just thank you so much, God, that um, we are in you and we want to be found in you fully, Lord Jesus, and identify with you more than anything else and let that be reflected uh, in every area of our lives, Lord, to embrace whatever you bring into our lives, Lord, uh, knowing that it's for that purpose of drawing us closer to your heart, but also making us more and more into your image, uh, the women that you have called us to be, Lord Jesus. So would you just, um, by the power of your Holy Spirit, Lord, that power that raised Jesus from the dead, would you make these things real in our lives, Lord, daily? And even those little mundane things, Lord, those simple practical ways, Lord, uh, show us, Lord Jesus, give us those opportunities to watch you work in us to will and to do for your good pleasure, Lord. Um, God, just bring us into those opportunities where we can say, okay, Lord, you show up now and love through me, love of God, and live through me. Uh, you know, give power, you know, give strength where I need it. Lord Jesus, we want to see you operate in all of those facets in our lives. So we love you, Lord. We thank you again. uh, Make this word to dwell in us richly on every level of our lives. In your name we pray. Amen.